welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm talking with Ina Beklova about how she helps business owners monetize their content. So she graduated with a first class degree from a top university, got fired from her first and only job. And she's always known that she's wanted her own business, but she didn't know exactly what. So she started investing in property, mostly for the money. In doing so, she discovered her true unique place in the world, which is helping other educational creators and online business owners monetize their content and launch a consulting business. Welcome, Ina. Hi, Virginia. Thank you so much for having me here. And that was a great introduction. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited to kind of hear your story about how you got to where you are today. Yes, of course. Well, from your introduction, I'm sure your listeners can tell it was quite a um, winding road to get to where I am today. I graduated with the idea to start my business. I've always wanted to do it. I just didn't exactly know what that would be or how I would do it. And those years after graduating were super up and down. I had one job, which was a sales role, which lasted for a year, which I'm actually quite proud of because now I know myself better. I realized that actually it's quite unusual that I even lasted a year in a job, to be honest. <laughs> well, congratulations. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, it, was, it was a very entrepreneurial role. And I think that's why. And it taught me a lot about business and making sales, making sales online. And a lot of it I still use um, in my role today. And then I, after I got fired, I actually started, you know, I had all these business ideas and I actually started a product business. So I had a food product, which I sold and that was ticking along, but it was not very profitable. And I didn't have, I had a very small savings pot that I used to invest in the first uh, round of making this product and that ran out and I basically ran out of money. And I realized that if I wanted to have a business, a service-based business was probably a better idea for me because I didn't want to invest vast amounts of capital. I wanted a way to monetize what I already knew without having to spend a lot of money doing that. And that's kind of how I got into social media and then online consulting. So it's really been like a, it makes sense looking back now, the journey, but at the time it felt very random, if that makes sense. It does. And it just goes to show that like everything that we go through has a purpose, especially if we treat it as a learning opportunity. Yeah. So even if it doesn't feel like it at the time, just trust that it's the right thing for you and it will make sense at some point, even if it doesn't now. You would have learned a lot in that sales position. Yes, definitely. I mean, I don't know what it's like over on your side of the world, but in, I guess, the UK, sales roles are still kind of frowned upon. It's not seen as like a very prestigious career. And I honestly had no idea what to expect going into it. Once I was there, I realized it's probably one of the best roles you can start off in if you want to have your own business, because the first couple of years, at least, if not longer, you are going to be like a salesperson. <laughs> you have to sell, you have to sell everything, even the free stuff you have to sell. So I'm sure you know. So yeah, it was it it was a really good place to actually start my business career for sure. Yeah, it would have had such a huge foundation. So that's cool. 
So now you work with people becoming consultants and monetizing their content? Yes, correct. So I started off in a small niche. So I was in the property investing world and a lot of the people in that niche are very experienced. They just don't have a good online presence. So that's what I started consulting on. I was basically helping them to build their brand with content and to attract uh, their dream clients online and on social media. And I just realized that there's this huge kind of gap for experts to actually show their expertise in their content. A lot of the people I work with, they have a lot of knowledge, they have a lot of experience, but they're just not getting that across online. And so that's really where I started out. And that, then that kind of evolved to also helping brand new business owners to launch a consulting offer, again, using organic content and using organic methods to to make sales of their consulting. So mm. do you work just with the realtor niche now or have you expanded that a little bit? No, so I expanded from that. I think it's that's where I started just because that's the community I, I was in at the time. And like all of my first clients were in the real estate property niche. And once I got enough traction and I actually grew my audience like big enough to be able to attract other clients as well, that's when I kind of, I don't know what the opposite of niche down is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Niched up, I don't know. <laughs> um, expanded back up. Um, and I think it makes so much sense if you're just starting out online to really niche down because it's counterintuitive. You might feel like you are turning away a lot of business and a lot of leads, but honestly, I really gained traction because I was I was the go-to person in that community for social media and content. And that's really what made me profitable the first couple of years. And then I could expand and actually serve more people because ultimately I always wanted to serve consultants and those just starting their business but that's quite a crowded um, market even well everything's kind of saturated depending on how you look at it so you really have to be clever with with how you stand out and how you can kind of fill the gap so how do you stand out and um, get in front of your ideal clients oh I wouldn't say there's like one one particular way but if I had to kind of whittle it down to what's, I guess, the formula for standing out. I don't think it's anything other than being yourself online. And I know that sounds really cliche, but there's so many people building a brand online these days and there's only one you. And if you are your true authentic self in your content and you're really showing all like not the warts and all, but you're really you know, showing these different aspects of your personality, there's going to be people that that resonate with you. And I think that's what's really helped me is that I don't try and be this professional version or anything like that. I'm literally just me and I attract people that are similar to me. And obviously you're going to repel people that don't align with you and that's okay. So if there was one takeaway for listeners, it would be in your social media content and online, just, just be yourself you don't have to pretend to be someone you're not to get clients or to grow your brand. Yeah. Authenticity is key. Hey, 
Yeah, definitely. And I think it like, I also think people are getting more savvy now and they really want, like, for example, on social media, I think we're seeing through this kind of perfect brand, perfect portrayal, and we just want like the real stuff. So if you can be real, then you'll stand out. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Oh, totally. Good. <laughs> yeah. Cause like for me, even just seeing some people, you're like, mm, I'm not too sure. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like some people put like portray this kind of perfect facade that, you know, we're all human. We we're like, we know that's not real because no one's <laughs> like that. And I wonder if they do it because they, maybe they don't understand like their, their genius Mm -hmm. and they might not think that they come across as an expert in their Mm -hmm. field. I wonder if that might be why they do that. Oh yeah, definitely. Because a lot of uh, the clients that I work with, that's one of the big things that we look at is you don't have to pretend to be someone you're not. and you're not being unprofessional by sharing certain things about yourself. So definitely, yeah. Do you have any any tips for any of our listeners that might be feeling like a imposter at the moment until they, or however you want to look at it, like they're not feeling like they know enough or that they actually know or are big in their area? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have a lot of tips actually I can share because I started with no experience. Like before I got my first social media clients, I didn't have experience other than growing my own social media. And obviously like your first clients are going to be your hardest to get right because you don't have that track record. And I felt a lot of imposter syndrome coming up and I still do. But I think at the very beginning, when you don't have any social proof, you don't have any testimonials, you've just got to remember that you're just sharing your journey. If you're just sharing your learnings and literally what what your thought process is or your learnings as you go through whatever you're talking about, your area of expertise, then that's enough. You're not saying that you are the expert or that you know everything. You're simply just sharing your learnings. And I always went back to that whenever I felt imposter syndrome. And that really helped me. Awesome. Thank you. It's all right. What are a couple goals that you have in the next few years? Oh, that's a, um, that's a good question. I don't really, well, I guess my biggest goal for the next few years is just scaling up. I have proven that what I do works and I've gotten results for clients. And now I'm really at that stage where I'm really just looking to grow my traffic and to just get more eyeballs on my offer and on my business. Um, So at the minute I'm doing everything organically. I don't run any paid advertising or do any ads, but that will be something that I'm looking into in the next year or so. And really just kind of streamlining my consulting offer so that I can take more people on as clients. At the minute, I work with people in small groups, um, but I'm really looking to make that more, to scale that up in some way, whether that's taking on a larger number of groups more frequently or looking at making my offer slightly more passive. But yeah, that's that's the main business focus for the next one to two years for me. That's cool. How, mm. would, the, how would that affect your business? 
well, I would make more money. <laughs> I would make more money and I, I would serve more people. Um, those are the two goals, right? Once you have once you have your proof of concept and you know that it works, you just want to work with more people because you see the effect that you're having and the transformation that you're having for your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really exciting. And then obviously the monetary compensation comes with that and that's lovely too. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, just out of interest, like what would you say is the best way to get traffic today for someone like me? What would you suggest? I think definitely if you can get a lot of your stuff organically, then that is huge, right? Because then you don't really have that output of the ads. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you've got that referrals. And then it looks like you're big on Instagram, right? Yes. Yes. That's where I started actually. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, um, and I always say just, if you're starting on social media and you want to start your business on there, just pick one platform (laughs) and really just, just do that platform until you've got results, until you're signing clients from it or you're getting leads. And then when you have the capacity, then look at other platforms And that's really where I'm at at the minute is I've just started YouTube and I've been doing this for three to four years now. So that's just another piece of advice. If you're feeling overwhelmed by all of the platforms you have to be on, you don't have to just pick one and really, really nail that. And then you can look at other ones. That's exciting. Mm. Do you feel like there's a a main roadblock that might be stopping you from achieving those goals of your expansion? (laughs) Yes, actually, there is one roadblock um, and that is creating even better content. So on uh, YouTube, it's just completely different. And that's really my main focus is how can I make my content on YouTube better? Because it's one thing creating content for Instagram, Reels, TikTok, that short form content. And then it's a whole nother thing, engaging someone for 10 minutes um, (laughs) on video and and really being such a good storyteller and keeping people's attention for that long. It's really, it's a challenge. And I just think it's something that you get better better at with practice. Mm -hmm. So I'd say that's really my main um, focus at the minute is how do I make my YouTube videos better? Those YouTube videos just feel like an hour long after you're used to like the Instagram reels, hey? <laughs> yes, it's so much more work. <laughs> it's like, honestly, it's, um, you know, you could film, I don't know, I, I was doing five TikToks a day at one point really easily. And then a YouTube video will take, you know, at least a day to do the keyword research, um, look at topics watch other videos and see how you can make yours better Then another day to script it and really create a good script another day to film it. And then <laughs> another day to edit it if you're doing it yourself or maybe even a couple of days. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of work, but mm-hmm. I do still believe that YouTube is one of the best ways to get organic traffic just because of the search capabilities and yeah, it's, it's the second, is it the second biggest search engine after Google? I don't know if that's stat, I think the, I think, Yeah, or really, or like right behind Google. Right. And then Google owns it, so. Exactly. With your search, right? Exactly. 
what I like about YouTube over, let's say Instagram or whatever, like all your content searchable. Mm-hmm. So, cause that's what I find like with Instagram, like I find someone's and I'm like, oh, but I can't ever like, depending on how they put it up, but like go back and really find it again. Mm-hmm. So exactly good for you with YouTube. Exactly. And, and, and obviously the lifespan of content on Instagram is so much shorter. It's, you know, it disappears within 24 to 48 hours, TikTok slightly longer, but I imagine that as it matures, it will be similar to Instagram where your content disappears a lot quicker. So really as a content creator, I think, yes, YouTube is harder, but then, you know, there's more longevity with each piece of content. It's almost like you don't have to create as much or as frequent. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, you could do one YouTube video a week, I think would be a good frequency. Whereas, you know, TikTok, you have to be active every day, Instagram, pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. So what is the best advice that you have ever received? The best advice I have ever received is to only take advice from those who are in the position that you want to be Mm. in. (laughs) Would you agree with that one? Totally. (laughs) Yes. I think it's very important. So I started off in property, as I said, and it's an unregulated, the the property training industry is unregulated, much like the um, online kind of training and courses and program space. And you just, everyone seems to know what they're doing and it's really hard to know who to listen to. And that's just an advice. That's a piece of advice I got very early on was uh, everyone's going to give you advice. Only listen to those that are actually where you want to be. And I've just applied that to the online world as well, because it's exactly the same. It's not regulated. There's lots of BS (laughs) flying around (laughs) and you really have to like cut through the noise. So, yeah. Yeah. It's totally like take the advice from those who are where you want to be, but sometimes it's hard to like get the other, let's say advice givers, get their stuff out of your head and not worry about what they Mm. have to say. Definitely. It's, I, I actually found that to be one of the hardest things when I started on my, like working for myself, it was like, who do I listen to? And, and I just really think it's a, it's a journey of learning to trust yourself. <laughs> That's really all it is. And learning to trust your intuition about things. Mm-hmm. What's the best advice you've ever given? The best advice. Oh, yes. <laughs> so just through my personal learnings and personal journey so far, the best advice that I give all the time is if you're looking to start a business and you know that you want to create wealth, be financially independent, leave your job, whatever you want to do, I believe that the best way to do that is to launch a service offering around what you already know and almost all of us have expertise. People think that they don't have something that can be monetized, but I think that's one of my really good strengths is like identifying what you can monetize and what you can package up into uh, a consulting offer. And by doing that, you're just going to give yourself breathing space in the first five months, year of entrepreneurship, which you really need. I always just think back to 
starting my product business and it was so hard. I, I didn't think about the fact that I would need income and it's so obvious, but when you're starting out, you need to give yourself a runway. And if you, if you're providing a service, all you need is you and your laptop and obviously your existing skills and expertise, no one can take those away from you. Um, and I just believe that that's the best way to start because you only need to serve a handful of one-to-one clients really well for things to, to start. Um, and it will give you a good financial runway. And if you do a good job, you're going to get referrals and it's all going to go from there. Um, yeah. And it's almost like you can focus on that, like let's say a hundred percent rather than splitting your, your focus between like your products and then doing this and then doing that. Yeah, definitely. Another thing that I've learned, you know, I used to have a million projects on the go and I was always doing a million things. And I just realized, look, I need to pick one thing and just stick at it because I was jumping around thinking that the other thing would be easier and it would be profitable quicker. But at the end of the day, it's the thing that you stick to really. And you need to stick at it long enough for it to work. Funny how that works, eh? <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> so do, do you have any um, any tips on maybe working through that next thing or the other thing and just kind of focusing on that one thing? I don't have any specific, I, I mean, so I'm identifying it as shiny penny syndrome because that's definitely what I had. <laughs> um, so I don't have any particular tips for that, but I, in terms of finding something and sticking to it, a book that I read that was really useful to me was Ikigai. It's a Japanese term. I forget what it means, but it's all to do with finding your purpose. I don't like to say passion because I think passion's quite strong. And I think when you're just starting out, it's a little bit like it can freak you out because you're like, well, I don't have a passion. I find all these things interesting, but I think the word passion can be quite intense and it makes you think I've got to have something that I'm absolutely in love with. So I don't like to use that word. I guess purpose is more, is a, I think better, but Ikigai it's, it's a Japanese concept that will help you find, I guess, your purpose or your niche in a way. I can't really explain it here. I would just look it up on Google. It's like a diagram of four concentric circles that overlap. And in one, in each circle, it's things that you love, things that you can get paid for, things that the world needs and things that you're good at. And it's the overlap of those four circles that's a good indicator as to what your niche should be and what you can, what you should be doing. And I did that exercise when I was feeling very lost and that really helped. That's cool. Thank you for sharing. That's all right. (laughs) What do you wish you had known about online business before you started? Um, That you need to want to do it for reasons other than making money. (laughs) Yeah. You need that bigger why, hey? Definitely. It's not, I mean, when I started, I feel like things change so quickly. It's only been a few years, but I do feel like the landscape has already shifted. But when I started, it was kind of this space that, you know, you could just throw an online course together and sell it and you'd make money. 
And I just think that's changed drastically. It's, I think the online space is just becoming an extension of business. Like for a lot of businesses, there's not really a distinction between online and offline. It's just part of the business operations, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just like any other business now. It's like, you've got to want to start it just because it's an online thing doesn't, isn't going to make it easier. The only way it will make things easier, I guess, is you can work from anywhere, which is great. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's not going to be easier. Yeah. So true. W- would you agree? Oh Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you build it and they will come, right? Like you still have to to do the marketing aspect and everything else with it. Of course, and I would I would argue that you probably have to do that more online because you have to stand out, and it's it's marketing that's going to make you stand out. Versus if you had a local bricks and mortar business, then you only need to stand out locally. If that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. A lot more competition online. A hundred percent. How do you kind of differentiate yourself with that? With standing out? Yeah. How do you stand out online? That's something that still trying to figure out like what works best for me and for what I do. Cause it's, yeah. And everyone has great tips and ideas and things that work for them. And so sometimes it's just kind of trying that, but then trying it long enough, right? Mm. So that you're not shiny object syndrome, let's say, but giving it an honest go on trying it to see how long it works. Exactly. Do you have like a time scale for how long you should try something? Because this is a lot of my clients ask me this, like, how do I know that it's, if it's not working or if I just need to stick at it for longer, which is a really hard question to answer. Well, I think if you do the three, at, at least three months and just see, right. Cause not only do you need to try to like learn the platform and know the platform, but then get your organic reach out there too. Right. Mm. Yeah. I would agree at least three months. And it, yeah. You just have some people that are like, I posted for, I posted on TikTok for a week and it's not working. <laughs> uh, I posted one YouTube video. It's like, <laughs> gonna need longer than that (laughs) right you can't keyword stuff it (laughs) exactly exactly well I have appreciated you being on today so thank you oh no thank you and thanks for being such a great interviewer that was really fun thank you is there anything else that you'd like to share with us that we haven't touched on yet or anything like that no I think we've done a, a great interview I hope um I just hope that it will be useful to your listeners I think it will be for sure. <laughs> where can where can we go to learn more about you and what you do? Well, I'm going to lead you to my YouTube because that's where I'm focusing on now. Um, so I'm mainly on YouTube. You just search my name, Ina Bakalova. It's not really anyone else um, with that name. <laughs> um, and then also on Instagram as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much and have a great day. We'll be in touch. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review and I'll catch you on the next episode.